morning, middle. to the mountain because you asked me to up over the clouds where the sky was blue I could see all see all around me everywhere sometimes I feel like I've never been nothing but tired and I'll be You're magical. It's beautiful. Hello, everybody. Hello. Welcome to Middle Church. 
My name is Jackie Lewis, and we're excited you're with us today. If you're here for the very first time, a special welcome to you. So, 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 like, y'all were just all one minute late. And then we <laughs> couldn't walk, couldn't walk in on that. Yeah, here we all are. Hi, sweetie. Nice to you. Thank you. So, who's here for the very first time? Would you raise your hand and keep your hand raised? Well, hello. <laughs> Where are you from? Brooklyn. Hi, sweetie. Welcome. Where are you from? Just shout it out for me. Where? Baris. Welcome. Bienvenue. Where are you from? Yes. Queens. 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 Now. Where are you from? Anybody else? All right. Our ushers are giving you a card. That's why your hands are still up, because they'd really like you to know how to stay in touch with us. And there is a green card, not yours. There's a green card in the pew in front of you. If you'll fill that out and put that in the offering bag when it goes by, we can add you to our distribution list so you know how to connect with us and we can connect with you. If you don't get a weekly note from me, that means you're not in the list. So please also drop your name in there. So many wonderful things to tell you. But let me start with this. Um, on Christmas Eve 2019, nope, it's Christmas Eve this year, 2018, December 24, 2018. I'm coming, I'm coming. Come on. CBS, uh, that's the Columbia Broadcast System, will be broadcasting Middle Church's Worship. I know. Isn't that exciting? Uh, we will be uh, delivering to them on December 13th on a thumb drive, um, a one hour, meaning 56 minutes and some odd seconds, worship celebration that will be like middle. And they will play it on Christmas Eve. That's how they do it. That's how they roll. I know. I know. So it's very exciting. And we're filming on December 2nd. So I'm telling you now, in case you want to put that on your calendar. On December 2nd, we will worship at 9.45, or 9.30, 10.45, and we'll have an extra worship at 3 o'clock so we can, you know, capture all the goodness. So who thinks they might, who thinks they might come? <laughs> oh, good. Okay, so come and bring some friends. We'd love to have you. All right. Um, the writers are in the house today at 1.30, and the middle players are in the house right after that. So come at 1.30. Hear your peers who've written some beautiful pieces, uh, share their work, and enjoy that time. And I think Harold is not in the room right now, but we're so thankful to his Hoover volunteerism. And Carol Wurzbicki is his right-hand woman. So go, Carol. Woo! Next Sunday, we begin the One Worship for August. Just, uh, 10.30 is at worship time. So 10.30, we'll worship all the way till September 2nd. And on September 9th, we'll come back to 2. 10.30, looking forward to seeing you then. Um, Ruby Sales is in the house next week. She will be, I know, she'll be preaching. She'll be preaching. And then after worship, after we eat a little bit, she's going to do a teach-in called Caravans to the Borderlands and talk about not only um, the physicality 
the problem with the physicality of our immigration policy, but also what we need to do to change our hearts so we can be, be better advocates, okay? So next week, that'd be great. Tomorrow, I'm going to Puerto Rico. Um, so excited. I'm so excited to get to see firsthand the work that Jorge and Michael and Edna and um, Pastor Damaris and all of our volunteers have been doing. I get to go bear witness and take pictures and pass out t-shirts. I'm just a prop. Um, I'm not pulling down moldy houses tomorrow, but I'm so excited to go. Thank you, Jorge, for all you've done. I think Edna's in the house. Edna, where are you? Thank you, Edna, for all you've done. Yeah. All right. There's more to say, but don't you... Oh, I'm sorry. This is really important. Michael uh, Fierston, our friend who uh, passed away. Michael, little Michael, little Usher Michael. I know. Every time, every time we come to church, there's like people who don't know. Yeah. About two weeks ago, he had a heart attack. He had been um, in and out of the hospital for a little while and was really, you know, strong and fighting. And, uh, and finally, his heart couldn't take it. So he passed away... Uh, two weeks ago, and we will be memorializing him here on September 23rd at 2.30 in the afternoon with his friends from SAGE. So let's just hang on to, I want to say hang on to the taste of Michael's beautiful personality and beautiful spirit and um, petite body with the biggest heart. Uh, just for a moment of silence there. God, the presence of Michael's huge in this place. An ambassador, a lover, a shepherd, an usher, a mayor, not only of Sage, but of Middle Church. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for his life. And bless us as we, as we mourn his passing. Amen. So be with that for 10 seconds, maybe another minute. I know that's hard news. And then we will welcome our new members who are working their way to the front now. Good morning, Hello. If all the uh, new members could come forward, I hope you have your uh, homilies prepared. Homework. All right, in the middle. We're not going to make them preach today. Yeah. So we, uh, we will have more new members classes in the fall, uh, but you join the uh, church by filling out the form. And so uh, if you have filled out the form and you want to come up, you're welcome to now as well and then come to classes uh, later. Middle Church is a movement, and today we celebrate with these new members that Middle is their church. They stand before you and before God to say they belong here and are part of God's movement. Just as you are, as you come through the door, we welcome you. Membership. Membership means signing on, 
for the vision of God's reign. Membership means participating in the life of the congregation. Membership means proclaiming that you belong to God and you will use your gifts for God's work. Membership means claiming God's claim on you. And so now, beloved, I have a couple of questions to ask you. Um, we welcome you to Middle Church, children of God. Do you claim Middle as your church? If so, say, I do. Will you give with your heart your gifts to this congregation and to the larger church? If so, say, I will. Will you love and share with this community in the ministry of the Christ? If so, say, I will. Will you learn and study so as to grow in faith? If so, say, I will. All right, so now it's y'all's turn uh, to this congregation, this movement, this assembly of God's people. Do you promise to love, encourage, and support these people of God by being the gospel of God's love in deed and in will, by giving the strong support of God's people in prayer and in deed? If so, say, we will. We will. If so, say, we will a little louder. We will. Amen. So now we're going to hear, uh, if, if you would just say uh, your name and introduce yourself. Um, my name is Anthony Ellis. I've been coming to this church now since May, and I am very, very excited to be here. Woo! <laughs> um, my name is Lisa Rossman. I've been coming on and off for four years, and I'm really, really grateful for all of you beautiful people. Amen. Woo! Hi, my name is Claire Cavanaugh, and I just started coming in June, and it was like love at first sight. I just really wanted to join immediately. <laughs> Thank you. Um, my name is Allie. I've been coming since February um, through the gospel choir, singing with John, and I've uh, been coming off and on to services, and you'll see me singing, too. Thank you. I'm uh, Ivan Anderson. John Del Cueto also was <laughs> instrumental in getting me here. I've been in the gospel choir for about three years and I've been attending middle for about the same amount of time. Good morning. My name is Mitch and I'm brand new here. I'm only here a few times, but I'm diving in quickly. Amen. At some churches, you, we read, you would read an affirmation of faith each week. Uh, at Middle, we have a song that we sing that welcomes new members that says who we are. And you can find it in your bulletin. So if you would please rise at this time and sing our welcome song.
Now, we're going to sing a hymn, and everybody doesn't know this hymn because we all come from different places. But, but I want you to breathe. Take a deep breath with me now. So I don't have to, you know, I don't want to fuss at you while you're singing. But this morning, people were like, oh, Lord, this is hard. It's not the hard. Hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. How many know the song? A little bit. Hold to his hand, God's unchanging hand. Build your life on things eternal. Hold to God's unchanging We're going to the black church is what I'm trying to tell you. Okay? We can do this. Good morning, Middle. 
Will you pray with me? God, we come to you this morning with thanksgiving on our minds. Thank you for new members. Thank you for warm homecomings. Thank you for places to grieve and to celebrate together. Thank you for music that touches our heart and stirs our soul and compels us to dance. Thank you for sun and for the warmth of community that fires hope within us and drives out the chill of despair. And as we stand today in the midst of this radical abundance of divine promise, we hold each other close and lift each other up, grateful for the gift of the transformative power of your revolutionary love. And all God's people said, amen. amen. Those 
with that, Sherry, I can't think. Woo! <laughs> I am not Marta, yet. It is still time for a message for all ages. Come, 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 little ones. Come be with me. Please don't leave me up here by myself. I'm lonely. Come over, come on, y'all. Come on. Yay, hi, I've missed you. High fives. Looking very nice. Hello. Hello, you look beautiful. Come on, y'all. Let's make room for everybody. So, hi, sweetie. Come on in. So, when I was a little person, I had this Sunday school teacher named Mrs. Dixon. She was like my favorite person of all times. And one time, when we were really little, like maybe your age, she taught us this thing. She put her hands like this, put your fingers like that. Can you do that? Good job, good job, good job. Like, so the fingers are inside, right? Inside, boom. She said, this is the church. This is the steeple. Open the doors, and there are all the people. Some of the people out there are my age. They know exactly <laughs> what's happening. Boomers, unite! Woo! 
So let's do it again. So you put your fingers like that. Put them like that first. Okay, there we go. You got it. This is a church. Say, this is a church. This is a church. This is a steeple. Open the door. And there's all the people. Well, that was really good when I was little. When I got older, I started thinking, I don't know if I think that this is the church. I think this is the church. I think the people are the church. So what do you think? If the people are the church, then that means you're the church. And you're the church. And you're the church. And Rob's the church. And Reverend Derek's the church. And Christina's the church. But turn around. All of those people of the church. Say hi, church. Turn the people online. All those people. Ah, hello, church. They're the church. Okay, okay. So today is Volunteer Appreciation Day. And what we want to celebrate is that all of those people that do things to be the church, if they fold bulletins, if they sing in the gospel choir, or if they just sing, period, or if they stand at the door and help greet people, or if they go march, or if they make movies. They're all the hands and the feet, quickly with their skirt, and the heartbeat of God. Hands, feet, show me your feet. Give me some wiggle, give me some feet, because mm -hmm. I can't do that part. There we go. And heartbeat of God, okay? So we want to ask all of those people, let's you and I stand up. Let's stand up. Let's ask all the people who volunteered if they went on a march, if they sang in a choir, if they folded the bulletins, if they made, did, made sandwiches, if they did anything, have them stand up. Would you stand up? Stand up. Stand up. Woo! Look at that. Woo! Remain standing. Remain standing. Remain standing. We have presents for you. We are going to come. Reverend Rob's going to help us. Come on down. Ready? And here we go. We can use the stairs, Rob says. Um, we're going to take, because I'm breaking Marta's rules. Oops. So we're going to take presents out to you using the stairs. Go down the stairs. Brooks, you use the stairs. Go use the stairs. If they are standing up, you want to give them. Go, baby. Go. Take your basket. Go take your basket. And if you're staying with me, we're going to do a cheer. Okay? If you're staying with me, we're doing a cheer. Are you ready? The cheer goes, we are the church. We are the church. We are the church. We are, switch it up. You are the church. You are the church. You are the church. You are the church. And the big finale, go church. Amen. Look in the light. Okay. So while the other friends are passing out the presents, we're going to go ahead and sing our, we're going to say our prayer and then we're going to sing. Does that sound good? Come on, baby, let's pray. They're walking a prayer by passing out. Well, thank you, my love. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you, darling. Okay.
You, wanna, you ready? Let's say a prayer. All the middle people will join us. Dear God, thank you that we are the church. Thank you that all of us are ministers. Thank you that we are your hands, your feet, and your heartbeat. Amen. And we're going to see a hamba back to our seats. Ready? Good morning, Middle. Let's take this time to allow for our hearts and our spirits to come to that place where we know God already is, but certainly where we can, in a very conscious way, meet God in this, this time of prayer. Won't you gather your hearts in that way which is most comfortable for you, most familiar to you for a time of prayer? Shall we begin in silence? God, as our hearts and our minds and our spirits are stayed on you, we're thankful that no matter how hurried our lives have been over these last several days, no matter how full our schedules have been, you are here with us and we are here with you. You abide with us always, we know this, but yet we are thankful for the sacredness, for the beauty of this moment, this time of prayer. That we come before you awesomely inspired by just who you are, the magnitude of your love, the, the depth of your mercy, the unimaginable wisdom and strength that you show so lovingly to each and every one of us in every measure. So we honor you before anything else. We honor you. But we also come knowing that we're still trying to get it right. Sometimes we soar, yes, sometimes we run, yes, but sometimes we stumble. And while we're thankful for you being with us as we soar and as we run, we also thank you for abiding with us when we falter. And speaking words of encouragement and restoration to each of our hearts. So we come this morning knowing that for some of us, we need just that from you right now. We need that word of encouragement, that word of restoration, to be reminded that your love for us is unfailing. We bring to you right now the, the burdens that we carry and we give them over to you. 
We come to you knowing the challenges that are before us. We, we strive here to build community and we know that sometimes that's difficult. Give us the measure of understanding. Give us the measure of patience. Give us the measure of compassion that you would have us to have so that we might be that beloved community that you call us to be. We know that there are concerns both near and far. We pray for those lives that have been unsettled by calamity and disaster. Yes, we pray for even those lives that have been lost. Whether it be fires that have raged as near as California, as far as Greece, we pray for those whose hearts are hurting even now. We pray even within our middle family we've had to say farewell to, to Michael, one whose heart and whose love has been so much a part of the fabric of this place. So we ask, dear God, as we bring these prayers before you and as we know that you hear us, that you remind us to keep talking. Keep talking to you because you respond to keep talking to one another because it is the encouragement of each other that you call us to give. Yes, to be the church, as you would have us to be the church. Hear our prayers, strengthen us in our walk, encourage us in each of our days. These things we ask, knowing and believing that you're able to hear and answer our every prayer. In your names we pray. Amen. We invite you to stand and gather together. If you're comfortable with joining hands, we invite you to do so. We're gonna pray the Lord's Prayer. And we invite you to pray it in the fashion that is familiar to you and comforting to you. Let's join our hearts. Ever-loving and holy God, hallowed be your name. Your reign come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. And forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the reign, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. July Sunday, may the peace of God be with you. And also, and also with you. <laughs> Greet one another this Lord's Day morning. Amen. God bless you.
Good morning, middle. You doing good? You feel the energy? It's so amazingly joyous and powerful. It's just really a beautiful place to come into. And so uh, thank you for everything that you're bringing into this worship because it's very evident in this moment. I'm going to be reading from Exodus 16, uh, verses 2 through 4, and then 9 through 15 uh, from the message translation. In the desert, the whole community grumbled against Moses and Aaron. The Israelites said to them, if only we had died by the Lord's hand in Egypt. There we sat around pots of meat and ate all the food we wanted. But you have brought us out into the desert to starve this entire assembly to death. Then the Lord said to Moses, I will rain down bread from heaven for you. The people are to go out each day and gather enough just for that day. In this way, I will test them and see whether they follow my instructions. Then Moses told Aaron, say to the entire Israelite community, come before the Lord, for he has heard your grumbling. While Aaron was speaking to the whole Israelite community, they looked toward the desert, and there was the glory of the Lord appearing in the cloud. Not to be mistaken with the cloud. This is a different cloud now. Different. Just in case, not everybody knows. The Lord said to Moses, I have heard the grumbling of the Israelites. Tell them at twilight you will eat meat. And in the morning you will be filled with bread. Then you will know that I am the Lord your God. That evening quail came and covered the camp. And in the morning there was a layer of dew around the camp. When the dew was gone, thin flakes like frost on the ground appeared on the desert floor. When the Israelites saw it, they said to each other, what is this? For they did not know what it was. Moses said to them, it is the bread that the Lord has given you to eat. The word of God for the people of God, for the living of our lives. Thanks be to God. Thank you, Dion. Thank you, Sherry and Magical. We appreciate all the preaching that you have done and brought us to this place right here. We are gonna do a short prayer before I start. Join me. Hey God, it's us, and we thank you for the energy in this room. We thank you for this group of people who come together in ritual every Sunday and seek to be your people in these times. We thank you for the wind that we can feel that is your spirit at our backs right now. And we thank you for each of the gifts you have anointed with each person in each pew. Amen. Amen. The Israelites don't know where they are going, if they'll get there, or when they might arrive. They are six weeks into what they do not know will be a 40-year pilgrimage of leaving the slavery of Egypt to the promised land. 
So if they arrived this year, they, they would have started in 1978. It is hot and sticky, and the emotional rush of a new adventure and leaving Egypt is eclipsed by the anxiety and moodiness that comes over our bodies when we have not eaten. There is no 24-hour grocery store nearby, and Google Maps is not working. They uh, cry out to Aaron and Moses. Now, Aaron and Moses are brothers, and it's new. They're new leaders. They've only been leaders for a very short time. And they say, why didn't God let us die in the comfort of Egypt, where there was lamb stew and all the bread we could eat? We have, may have been slaves, but at least we could eat. When God hears the Israelites complaining, he says to Moses, I'm going to rain down bread on you. And I will give every person enough for that day. And then Moses tells his brother Aaron to tell the people, draw near to God, God has heard you. When Aaron gives out the instructions to the whole company of Israel, they turn and face what some call the desert and other translations called the wilderness, the place with no map. And there, as they looked out in the wilderness, was God's glory seen in the cloud, as John talked about. God is saying, I hear you, I hear your complaining and your prayers, and while you are in the place with no map, not only will you feel the presence of God in a cloud, but in bread I give you every day to eat for that day. Now there are a lot of deserts and wilderness that we can name in our lives. There is a wilderness of what is my call or vocation or job. And in New York City, we know there is a wilderness of dating. <laughs> if you haven't tried it, I don't recommend it. There's no rule book in the Western society that makes sense and that doesn't have us complaining or wishing for a reliable guidebook. <laughs> and then the wilderness of relationships. As we seek to communicate with longtime partners or spouses, we both bring baggage with us and different expectations of what it means to love. There is the wilderness of raising children. I have no idea how to do that. There is the wilderness of once we have the job or the calling, there are times when coworkers or maybe even a supervisor might not see all of you. There's the wilderness of heartbreak, the wilderness of loneliness, the wilderness of despair or depression. Wilderness when our bodies are sick and when our bodies are aging. Wilderness of seeking to make enough money to pay the bills in this town. And then there are the wildness of injustices in our world that criminalize brown bodies who seek to immigrate to the U.S., brown bodies who are simply walking down the street with iced tea and Skittles or trying to buy cigarettes. And there is the wilderness of death.
And in this passage, God is saying, in your wilderness, in your desert, I am going to show up each day and give you enough for that day. In my late teens and early 20s, my prayer to God was to meet strong women. I knew there'd be enough landmines and living, and I wanted some guides. And I can say, when I'm 40 and I look back, there are a group of women that I have called my circle of answered prayers. And I can name them for you. And these are the women who would hear me complain and talk about my wilderness for hours, for years. And I consider each of them bread from heaven that got me through each day. There are, they each are miracles I asked for and would end up being there for me time after time and sustain me. When the recession of 2008 or 2009 happened, I remember calling my longtime mentor, Giovanna, and um, the economy, of course, had dried up, and so had my job in documentary film. And I had so much shame about being on unemployment. And um, I said to Giovanna, you know, I was talking to her, and she interrupted me. And she said to me, oh, Christina. <laughs> This is a great opportunity. And I thought, this woman is insane. <laughs> she said to me, when are you going to have this abundance of time again? It won't last forever, so make it sacred. You can meditate and pray every morning. I had not yet done that in my life. <laughs> I had this rising anxiety in my body as the credit card debt steadily built because an unemployment check doesn't quite cover the rent and the health insurance and the transit and the food. And then there was that fear of what's the next job that I really didn't want to talk about. But these confluence of events, this place with no map, demanded that I hang out with God for my own sanity. So I can relate to the Israelites who look out into the wilderness because on those mornings, I was meditating and praying. I did a Martha Beck meditation on page 138 from one of her books every morning. <laughs> I know it by heart. And what that did is it made me feel interconnected to God and to every person. And so I couldn't not feel peace. And so I relate to what they are saying. I mean, a cloud, a, a cloud. Is, is the presence of God in this passage. But what the Israelites had to learn was the glory of God, which is how the cloud is described. They thought the glory in Egypt was wealth and prestige and power. But what they realized in the desert, in the wilderness of their lives, is that the dynamic relationship with God, that is where the glory lives. Ken Wilber, a prolific 
author writes, authentic spirituality is revolutionary. It does not legitimate the world, it breaks the world. It does not console the world, it shatters it. And it does not render the self content, it renders the self undone. When we are on the spiritual path, we never expect to find peace in the world as it is, but we work for a more just place for all and seek to be God's presence each day, knowing that God will give us the bread, the nourishment we need each day, and we can allow ourselves to be undone at times because we are safe in God's arms. And we will be undone by the countless injustices that masquerade as laws on the books that have dismantled voting right laws, made it legal to stand your ground with guns and kill others in Florida, and the government separates families with no clear plans for reunification. My mentor, Giovanna, says the spiritual journey is not for the faint of heart. Not only does life give us wilderness places by living, but we are called as people of faith to step into the wilderness where we know there are no clear answers to work for the freedom for all. Amen. People of faith are willing to not know the answers because God will provide day by day. As we work for issues by racial, LGBT, economic, and gender justice, there is no map but a constant reminder and a reminder from our ancestors that I believe 40 years from now, in 2058, the generations after us will experience a different world because of you, because of the journeys you're taking on the wilderness. The last day I preached at Middle was January 21st, and that particular date is etched in my mind because of when I got home that day. And when I got home that day, I had two Facebook phone calls. No one has ever called me over Facebook before. And they were um, from my host brothers in Kenya. And I was an exchange student in Kenya 20 years ago. I've gone to Kenya four times over the last 20 years, and I recorded my host mother, whose name was Amina Bakari's life stories. So I would sit with her at night after the news had been on the air, and her children were all in bed. And I would sit facing the clock so she wouldn't know what time it was. And I would listen to her stories for hours, and I ended up writing them down and giving them back to her as a gift. So. I called Amadi back, and um, the all, they have never called me in 20 years, her sons. So I said, did Mama pass away? And she, he said yes. And I spent that evening, and I took the next day off work, because I could not come into work. And I just grieved. And I called all of my host, host sisters and brothers on the phone, and I talked to them all week. And you know, Jackie said, if you want to fly to Kenya, you can go. And I was like, no, I'm not going to fly to Kenya, because Muslims bury their loved ones within 24 hours. So I didn't think I'd get there in time for the funeral. And um, I uh, let that grief kind of sit in my body unconsciously. 
And it was a couple months later, and Hershey Millette Stevens was leading, co-leading the spiritual retreat. And she invited us during the middle annual spiritual retreat to put something on the altar that we wanted God to hold. And what came out of my mouth was completely unrehearsed, and I was surprised I even said it. But I said, I want to put Mama Amina Bakari on this altar. And um, I didn't have a picture of her, so I just, I just visualized putting her there and celebrating her. And the grief like that would just like pop up in moments where I didn't really expect it. But in May of this year, I was given the extreme, extreme blessing and privilege to have a one-month sabbatical. And I was halfway into the sabbatical, and I had a yoga teacher on sabbatical who was very gifted. And she could look at the class, and she could look at each person's body, and she could tell the stories of their life by just how they moved. And she said to me privately one day, because I can't, when you're, when, you're, when you're sitting down, your legs are out, I, can't, I couldn't bend to touch my toes. And she said to me, Christina, you are holding so much grief in your hips that you can't move. So she said, I know you have this plan and you want to write every day, but I want you to take two days off and I want you to grieve. And so I didn't know what that meant, but I knew that was my assignment. And it was, I thought, oh, I'll go for a hike. It was like 90 degrees outside and I took a nap. I, it was, I wasn't going to go for a hike. But then as the sun set, um, I asked my longtime partner, Neil, uh, we, we drove to the grocery store, and I bought a dozen white roses for her. And we came back to the living room, and we restructured the living room to look just like Mama's living room did 20 years ago. And I sat where Mama would always sit talking next to the flowers and the candles I lit for her and thankfulness to God. And Neil sat diagonally from me, and I shared stories of Mama for about three hours. And I cried so hard <laughs> that I had this huge headache. I could hardly speak anymore. And rituals are where we see God. And sometimes we can't get to the ritual, and sometimes they're not created yet. So we have to create them. And when Jackie says you're all a minister, that means you are all a minister. So never say you cannot pray. Never say you cannot claim that God is in you and that every space you can make a ritual. Rituals are bread just as people are bread. And we're given those on a day-to-day -day basis because God is guiding us. I know in my very bones that God answers and hears our prayers. She doesn't always answer or hear our prayers with the efficiency of a fast food drive-through but sometimes we don't want to eat that kind of food either. This was 40 years in the desert. And it is also 
the story about the dynamic relationship on a day-to-day level that we have with God to feed us the real food. Some of us are in our wildernesses to seek some kind of new life, and other wildernesses are tied into the fabric of this society. When I uh, took my, when I was unemployed 10 years ago, I could not know that 10 years later that I would be living a vocation that uses all my gifts. And I wouldn't know then how important that time was to create other things. And we also know that all the Israelites who started the journey 40 years ago, so that would have been 1978 now, didn't make it to the promised land. But what they did was essential. Just like what you're doing is essential for racial and economic and LGBT and gender justice. Although we do not have a map for our lives or our world right now, we do have the stories of faith of those who have gone before us. Knowing generation after generation has faced their own wilderness, their own desert, and their faith and each other have sustained them. God is going to show up every day, every day, like bread from heaven. And I know this because you are the bread. You are the manna. You are the love that nourishes one another. Amen. Let the church say amen for Christina Fleming. Uh, Thank you, Christina, uh, for that message and for that vision of uh, rituals, which uh, so often uh, become uh, pretty much just habits. Uh, That's what we think of, and especially in the church. We make rituals into something that's fossilized and ossified that, as Howard Thurman says, can be used to be as dogma to beat people over the head with, but if rituals aren't creative and new each time, even if what you're doing is the same, then it doesn't have that spirit. Um, I was uh, very aware of that this morning when I woke up in Brooklyn for the first time in many years. Uh, As many of you know, and uh, inevitably some might not yet, uh, that Hershey uh, got a job in Bethesda, and we uh, were in the wilderness of a move, uh, which many of y'all know. And I bring very little to the table in a move. Uh, I've had, uh, between mind, heart, and body, I have one of those some of the times. I have bad elbow. My mind is more about dispersion than kind of collection. Uh, and so we, uh, a lot of wilderness time in moving uh, there. And uh, as uh, we said a couple weeks ago, I'll be coming back uh, through the fall. And as I was getting in the car uh, rental yesterday I, uh, to come back from Bethesda, I said, I must really love this church. 
because those who know Hershey and I know, know that we really like each other uh, <laughs> a lot. And, uh, but it is, I mean, we, I've, uh, know that I wouldn't have been here in New York City if it weren't for Middle Church. We would have stayed here after seminary. And that, as Jackie said, the people and the spirit that comes out of the ritual of coming here each morning is what brings us back. And it doesn't have to happen in a building. It can happen in the street. It can happen in your communities of different types and sizes and spaces. But it's that spirit that I do think is the hope of the world that can transform things, that can change what has been fossilized uh, into the um, understood and assumed. And part of that is uh, holding the grief that happens all around us in transitions and in death and in life, that this is a place where you can bring all of those things each Sunday and during the week, that you can bring them and get held by one another uh, in this community. And there's not many other places, if any, uh, where you can do that in this type of community, in this type of diversity, and in this type of God's love. And so as we, uh, as we move into the Join the Movement period, I do uh, ask that you consider how you are going to jump into the ritual of Sunday morning. We have a ritual called Butterfly, uh, which we need more volunteers for if we're going to be able to continue it. Uh, so please uh, continue to volunteer and come to do that as we move into a single worship next week. At 9.30 to 10.30 is Butterfly. We need people to help with hospitality, feeding people here. Uh, to be God's face uh, on Sunday mornings, to be God's face as ushers. And so after worship, uh, please, you can come and talk to us. I'll be down here at the pulpit uh, to learn about those opportunities and then also to learn about uh, joining this movement and joining this church. Uh, and now we will offer our tithes and offerings back to God as they have been offered to us. Amen. come into our lives for a reason bringing something we must learn and we are led to those who help us most to grow if we let them and we help them in return well I don't know I believe that's true I know I'm who I am today because I knew you like a comet pulled from orbit as it passes the Sun like a stream that meets a boulder halfway through the wood and who can say if I've been changed for the better? Because I knew you. I have been changed for good. It well may 
that we will never meet again in this lifetime. So let me say before we part, so much of me is made of what I learned from you. You'll be with me like a handprint on my heart. And now whatever way our stories end, I know you have rewritten mine by being my friend. Like a ship blown from its mooring by a wind off the sea. Like a seed dropped by a sky bird in a distant wood. Who can say if I've been changed for the better? But because I knew you, because I knew you, I have been changed for good. And just to clear the air, I ask forgiveness for the things I've done you blame me for. But then I know that we share the blame and none of it seems to matter anymore. Like a comet blown like a ship blown from its it mouth like a stream that meets like a sea dropped by a bird. Change for the better, and because I knew you, because I knew you, because I knew you, I have been Let us pray. Oh, holy God, thank you for loving us so that we can love, for blessing us so that we can bless, for changing us so that we can be changed, for choosing us so that we can choose others. And thank you for these gifts of treasure and the gifts of time and talent that this congregation and this church gives to your work. Bless these gifts, but more importantly, bless our very lives to your glory of love and justice in the world. 
pray all these things in your mighty names. Amen.
It's time for the benediction and we're a little long. But could you do me a favor and sit for the benediction? I promise I won't keep you. I just want to see you and I really don't want to climb on the chair. I want to thank Christina for that really beautiful sermon. Eleven years ago, did you come? Yeah, yeah. 11 or 12. Oh my God, mm -hmm. so long at 12. I was 25, yeah. Um, but when Christina started worshiping here and, and she looked like she might know how to do some things, I tried to pick her up, she rejected me. Um, I cried, I picked her up again, she let me. <laughs> come, come help me grow a young adult ministry, is what I said. And she did. And now she's going off to seminary this year, to Isla. But, I don't but thanks be to God, it's a remote program, so she'll be here with us wow. doing her interview. Yeah. Yeah. So, so I want to just say that and hold her hand. And I want you to come too, Rob. Um, Marta's not here, I hold her hand as well. Um, Elise, um, Lizzie. I mean, we have the most amazing team. And one of the things that's really true about Middle Church is we think of ourselves as a teaching church. So we're always raising up leaders who sometimes go away after we raise them up. And that just kind of pisses me off. But. <laughs> but it's what we do. It's what we do. And we teach them and they teach us and we are changed for the better. So I just wanted to take a minute to articulate the thing that's obvious to us all. People come and they go. The Smithstone family is going to be moving, and we love them. We love you, Craig and Elise. I'm talking soft and Craig. Hakima, this beautiful, used-to-be little girl that's a woman. I said to Sherry, what are you, 25? She's like, no, I'm 33. What? How, how is that possible? We are the place. We're the place where Michael and Beth's twins are now young women. We're the place where Michael comes and leaves us sad. Yeah. We're the place where our children grow up and they grow us up. And sometimes that's hard, but it's always love. So I want to ask these two beautiful people to stand with me while I bless you, to be open to the presence of God in the bread, in the cup, in the flirting, <laughs> I have such a crush on her, in the loving, <laughs> in the dancing, in the worship, in the service, in the mission, in the water, in the grieving, in the laughing, in the lovemaking, in the playing. God is here and loves you more than you can imagine. My blessing, my hope, my prayer is you'll taste holy every day. Taste it every day in your mouth, in your heart. I love you. Let's go back. Hug them.